Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, and that's on page 915 of the Church Bibles. It's Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and had a leather belt round his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children from Abraham. The axe has been laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Father, as we are looking at this passage, difficult passage, and yet uh, good news, that things can be different in our lives. We pray your spirit will guide us, guide our thoughts, and that your will be done to the glory of your Son. Amen. I don't know how many of you were here last week, um, but we started um, this um, season of Advent, which is uh, a season of getting ready, being prepared for the coming of Jesus. And last week, Andy um, took us to another quite difficult and strange passage. And if last week's passage seems strange, with sheep and goats and judgment and nakedness and sickness and hunger, well, what about this week? We have a bloke wearing clothing of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist, eating locusts and wild honey, living in a desert or a dry place with a thunderous message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. His words are like fire to the Pharisees, the religious of his time. He said, brood of vipers. We have an axe that has been laid to the root of a tree. 
ready to be cut unless that tree starts producing fruit. And then we have a winnowing fork at hand. And we have wheat that's going to be gathered in the barn and chaff that is going to be burned up. What a passage for Advent. Well, last week we realized that the first passage was about the coming of Jesus at the very, very end of time, when God is going to decide that now is the time to put things to right and to start the new creation. Then there will be judgment. And this week, it's also about the coming of Jesus, but the coming of Jesus in his public ministry. John is there, but just after this passage, we hear about Jesus coming, being baptized, being led to the wilderness, and then taking over the ministry of John the Baptist. And to make sure that we know that Jesus is the one that follows John the Baptist, um, Matthew, and he's the only one, start with Jesus' ministry of preaching, which is the same sentence than uh, the one of John. John says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if you look at um, chapter 4, verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. He's moving on, taking on John's uh, ministry with the same message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Both passage speaks of being ready. Last week is being ready with faith and action. That you can't separate the two. You can't have faith and not transformation, action. A life that brings out the fruit of God's life. And here we have confession, repentance, and bearing fruit. You can't separate them. You can't have repentance without fruit. And so last week, those who are following Jesus, the question was, are we a sheep or a goat? Are we those following Jesus like sheep? Follows their shepherd, knowing his voice, trusting him, trusting his lead, trusting that he will guide us where there is food and water and safety, trusting him that he will be the one defending us on that day because we don't stand our own righteousness but on his death and his sacrifice and what he has accomplished but also because we have lived our life in him and through him. And so we have the assurance that when the day comes, he will stand right next to us and he will be our advocate, the one defending us. Or are we those to be found wanting? Because although we might know a lot of things about God or maybe even scripture, it has never sunk in. It's in our heads but not in our hearts. Like goats who are still quite independent, counting on their own strength at best, or destructive at worst. Maybe we believe Jesus is a nice person among many others, but surely not someone I need to hand over my life. 
Well, if you look at our passage, the strongest words goes to the Pharisees because actually that was their problem. Look at verse 7. When he saw Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said, Brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath of God? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourself, Ha, we are Abraham's children and Abraham is our father. The problem is that they were not willing to look into their hearts. They were not willing to allow God to show that they needed a savior, that they needed to be transformed, that they needed to confess and repent and receive life. So this week, the question is, what kind of fruit are we bearing? Are there fruits worthy of repentance? Or maybe you feel you've done that starting bit in your life. You know Christ is in you. You've experienced God's forgiveness. You've seen something of his strength. You've started making choices that made a difference. But maybe you feel stuck. And if we look at scripture, repentance is not just when we're non-Christian or when we explore faith. Repentance it's an ongoing reality. And in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, six out of the seven churches that we read about, six had to repent of something. Something was blocking the life of God. Something was endangering God's life to shine in that community where they were called to be. And so that message of repentance is certainly for us also today. And I think there is always a danger to water down John's uncompromising message or to water down what it means to repent. But I think it would be misleading, unkind, and unloving. It would be like the words of a GP who knows very well that you are sick. But he also knows the remedy. Yet he prefers to say that all is well, patting you at the back, uh, on your back, because he doesn't want to upset you. Now, would you not be angry if that's the case? If someone is able to say, look, there is a problem, but there is a solution too. And if you're willing to embrace that solution, it's good news, it's life for you, there is a good future. If someone keeps that away from you, would you not be angry? Well, John is a good GP. He is not afraid to upset people. And he's determined to get his message across because he knows that's the only way we can be ready for the one who is able, who has the power to transform us, to make us fit for God's life. See verse 11. I only baptize you with water for repentance. I'm only preparing the way we have in verse 3. But one is coming. And if you open to him, if you're honest with yourself, if you come to him, 
in honesty and in confession, this one can bring the very life of God in your life. He can give you the Holy Spirit, the life of God that brings truth and healing and transformation. The Holy Spirit and fire. And so his message is serious. And so is the decision. Hearing about Jesus as we prepare for Christmas requires more than just listening or thinking about it or musing. It's an urgent message for all of us that requires a total response. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for Jesus has arrived. He has died, and he comes to you today. And I'm quite convinced that all of you, somewhere, somehow, you know what God is stirring up in your own life. And I think the best way to know what it means to repent is you need to respond to what God is doing now. To that one thing that God is doing now. That is to be open to his life. Not to think further, not to think what will really happen, but what is going saying to me now? Repentance in the Greek is metanoeo, which is a radical turning away from anything that hinders our wholehearted trust in God. Anything that hinders you turning to God in trust. It's more than just being sorry, even changing your mind. It requires that all your priorities, your attitudes, your values, your way of life is starting to shift and become centered on Jesus, his value. And this is why in scripture we have, as Christian, we are the people who are seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first his reality and his righteousness. And then all the other things will fall into place. John insists on the need for personal repentance, which is more than just superficial. It will reach the, all the aspects of our lives. And yesterday, um, I was at a, um, a special renewal of vows, and, and the story was about Cana and the good news, new wine. But what struck me, it's sometimes repentance is just about giving to God the ordinary things of life in his hand. Is our time, the way we use money, the way we use our hobbies, and realize maybe sometimes it's just too much of good things that we paid too much attention to, and it takes so much of our time that we don't have time to concentrate on God. So what is God stirring you up this morning? Confession, yes, is the first step, but it's not all of it. Confessing is saying, acknowledging, acknowledging, being honest with God. But unless you do something about it, unless you start involving Jesus to help you, it's not repentance. And sometimes it's just too hard to change certain things. And sometimes prayer ministry or going to 
someone we can trust and saying, I really struggle, I get stuck here as a Christian, would you pray with me? Sometimes we need that. The good news is when we do that, God's life starts rushing inside of us and truly transforms us. We've just read it is for freedom that Jesus has set us free. That's the good news of repentance. It's not something heavy. It's something necessary to um, live out God's freedom. So whatever we discern God is saying today in your life, maybe for you it's the first time. Maybe you've never heard the need to come to him as you are, being honest, allowing his reality to bring about what needs to be confessed, accepting his forgiveness and have a resolution in your life to start following him, following his direction. And I know that at the beginning of my Christian life, it was quite clear in the beginning what I needed to stop and what I needed to take on. I was part of a, a, a youth group, but I never went to church. And I knew the first things for me it was to do is to commit to the life of a Christian community. That was clear. But then slowly, the Spirit, what he does, like in this passage, it's like fire, refining gold. Once we start that journey, then like gold to be pure, needs to have fire so that all the impurities goes to the surface. That's what God does. Sometimes it's disturbing. Things go to the surface and we realize, ooh, I need to repent of that. I need to let go of this. I need to be transformed here. I need God's help. I need my brother's or my sister's help in prayer. So what is blocking your growth today? What is slowing you down as you prepare yourself for Christmas, for the coming of this good news that in Christ there is forgiveness, there is transformation, but we need to repent, to turn away, to leave it behind, and to start walking in his strength and in his life. Maybe it's an attitude, maybe a lifestyle, a behavior that threatens your walk with God, your relationship with others, or even your own well-being. God promised to give us the spirit so that we would know what is the next step to do. And that's enough to take the next step in trust, believing that God will honor our faith and make us grow so that we can shine like gold, purified. We can be refined. And when that happens, we don't need to fear that last picture of the wee winnowing fork because we will be transformed bearing fruit. Our lives will have worth in God's eyes. We won't be like chaff that's just light, purposefulness, uh, that has no purpose. No, we will be like wheat, full of God's life, full of the spirit that gives fruit, kindness, goodness, self-control, love, patience. So whatever corner of your life you need to be transformed 
Open yourself to God's forgiveness today, to his healing power. Today, this week, or this Christmas, experience the life-giving joy, the new freedom that comes when you turn away and follow Jesus. And here is the word of a song I learned that you, this song you don't know, so I'm just going to read it. And it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Amen.